What is more important to you, speaking your truth and facing consequences, or staying quiet and failing to make a change in society? Today, we'll examine the rich history of risk-takers and rebels. Welcome back to the KT Squared Podcast, and if you're a new listener, I'm Katie. And I'm Caitlin Cho. My initials are KT. Get it? Personally, my idols are all individuals who have broken rules and rejected societal norms. Leaders such as Rosa Parks and Billie Jean King paved the way for women and minorities to receive fair treatment and equal rights today. Risk-takers like Norma McCorvey have sparked societal revolutions due to their ambitious nature. Because of Norma, women gained, gained rights to their own bodies in the infamous court case Roe v. Wade. So, Roe v. Wade is clearly a heated topic right now, um, following the leaked court ruling to overturn the case. So, how has society seemed to almost become less progressive than years prior? Yeah, I agree with that. It kind of feels like we're moving backwards with this case. Um, and considering that we have like a Democratic president now, it's really surprising that something like this would happen. Norma McCorvey is the Roe in the case, since she changed her name to conceal her identity. In her third pregnancy, she decided that she did not want to have the child, and she had no way to legally get an abortion without falsely claiming that it was a case of rape. So she decided to attempt to get like a back alley procedure of sorts, um, but the clinic was shut down by the state um, soon before she had planned to do it. She then took the her pregnancy and want to get an abortion. She took that to the Texas court system and followed it to the Supreme Court. And after three years, she finally won the case, which granted more opportunities for legal abortions in the United States and rights for women in general. Yeah, I think what Norma did, like, was very influential to, like, uh, the, the women's movement and everything. Um, and she, like, influenced other women in society, um, like Billie Jean King. Um, and King was, like, a very famous tennis player, like, and she also influenced the feminist movement. And she, like, gained the, like, equal rights in sports. Um, and because of, of normal, like, Billie Jean was able to get her abortion and continue her career to do, like, many great things, such as winning the Battle of the Sexes tennis match against Bobby Riggs, and also the passing of Title IX. Um, Title IX was a piece of legislature that guaranteed equal rights for women in all areas, such as school and sports, which allowed for women to not have unfair standards and disadvantages set for them. So it was really great and very influential and gave young girls a chance at a future. In a few short moments, we'll be hearing from our sponsor, Amano. And when we return, we will discuss the 20s era. See you soon. If you need a fridge and you need it now, buy a store more, it's the best in town. Are you in search of a nifty way to store your food? Well, look no further. The new Stormore refrigerator has it all. Complete with storage compartments to hold all of your groceries, the Stormore really can store more than its competition. Head on down to your local appliance store and pick up your very own Stormore today. And we're back. Let's dive into the excitement and scandalous decade of the 1920s. So the 1920s began with Prohibition, which was a ban on alcohol in the United States. Caitlin will talk more about that, but it was mainly designed to be a social experiment to see if people would obey laws set in place by government. Uh, yeah, so Prohibition actually banned the manufacture, sale, and transport of alcohol, 
um, but they did not do it for consumption. So people were able to kind of like produce their own and then still drink it, which like led to all this like rebellious behavior. Um, and they, the citizens actually like created speakeasies, which were like underground bars where they could like consume alcohol. Mm-hmm. People would build up their own stashes of alcohol too. So they would, when they knew prohibition was coming, they would stock up in their own homes and then they would drink that over time. Um, so in the speakeasies, they had collected a lot of alcohol. So they were able to get it from the black market and just from what they had previously had. And in these speakeasies, they were like a nighttime like club scene yeah. of the 1920s where flappers, which were women who wore shorter skirts, which showed some ankles, I know. Oh my goodness. Um, and they would dance and they would have fun and they would drink and do everything that was like against societal norms for women. Yeah, and they like they had short hair and they were doing everything that was against what the typical woman did, um, which is kind of like, again, like the rebellious behavior and like taking risks. Risks. It was their time to abandon, like, their womanly household duties and motherly yeah. duties and have fun. Just go against the stereotype, basically. Yeah. Speaking of risk-takers, Charles Lindbergh was one of the first pilots in the 1920s to accomplish a major feat. Yeah, so Charles Lindbergh, Lindbergh was actually the first solo pilot to ever uh, fly across the Atlantic, and he did this from New York to Paris, and at the time, that was, like, a very amazing thing to do. Um, he also had a record-breaking time of 33.5 hours, um, and yeah, he just accomplished a lot for, like, the technology during the time. So obviously, he had to be awake for the entire time, which was insanely dangerous considering he didn't have a co-pilot, so he was hallucinating, he didn't have enough food, it was dangerous, he was flying through the night, and the visibility on those planes, since they are very old, was very poor. So he could not see too well, and when he arrived in Paris, it was a big deal. Yeah, the crowd like swarmed him and like congratulated him because um, actually no one really thought that he would be able to do it because so many people have tried to do it before and like they were never successful. Um, but like when he landed, everyone was like happy for him. Mm-hmm. When his family was saying and family and crowd supporters in St. Louis, when where he originally um, was from, when they were saying their goodbyes, it was almost like a final but, goodbye, yeah. not expecting him to return home. So yeah, so, yeah. he was crazy what he did was insane you know what else is crazy the civil rights movement insane i mean such controversy yeah there were so many leaders that took very different approaches such as martin luther king jr and malcolm x so i must ask you who side are you on i feel like i kind of side more with malcolm x just because i think he has more like ambition and he had a little bit more drive well like visible drive i Mm -hmm. feel like than Martin Luther King did because he took a much more like aggressive and like let's act now approach whereas MLK kind of like stepped back to like give room for more time to pass but I feel like that time was necessary because especially with like civil rights you can't just like change it immediately or like obviously people get will get upset and also I feel like MLK like he was peaceful with it unlike Malcolm X was but I feel like people respond more I guess, in a bigger reaction. Like, they react more to, like, violence and, like, demonstrations of, like, protest than they do just hearing, like, speeches. I feel like if someone mm-hmm. sees massive protests and people starting to get rowdy, I think they would yeah. they would be like, more like, oh, my gosh, something's happening. We have to change it. When something's, like, violent, I feel like it could get bad, especially, like, with the police at the time. I just feel like it's just, like, better to be peaceful and, like, take the steps necessary. But would you rather wait 
10 years or get it done in like one year. That is true. But I still think I'm okay I think with it, one. I think it's like somewhere in between. I don't think I, either was totally right. I feel like they both had the right like mindset of like they wanted to change something. It was mm-hmm. just a matter of like how they like a- approached it and like carried out their plan. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. So tying this argument back to today, um, what were the then like the risk takers with the civil rights movement in the 60s are now the risk takers today with the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, I think they're definitely rebellious. Um, They're going out into the streets and fighting for what they believe is right. And I think that's very noble. And I Mm -hmm. see it as it's very courageous to do that, knowing that you might be under persecution for it. Yeah. And it also shows like how we still have so much to like change with this movement Mm -hmm. it's ongoing there's still so much work that needs to be done and a lot of progress has definitely been made obviously but i think it's a continual effort yeah we can always do more now we will be hearing from callers for our advice segment please dial 1-800-KT-2-PODS for a chance to hear from your trusted historians kt and katie Hi, what's your name, caller? Hey, I'm Romer, and I need some advice on how to get out of the war. I can't go to college right now because I have no money, so what do you think I should do? I really can't afford to serve right now. I'm 20 with a pregnant wife and I'm well to live. I'm panicking. Please help. Phew, this is a loaded question. Well, I cannot encourage you to flee to Canada, but if you are trying to avoid the war at all costs, that is definitely a popular means of doing so at the moment. Yeah, I believe it is noble for people to serve in the war, but I can understand that it may be difficult for some due to their circumstances. All right, I guess I'm packing my bags. Speaking of the Vietnam War and the draft, um, I don't believe the draft is the right way to go about taking on a war because I think that people who were drafted into it, not ne- like they didn't necessarily want to fight. And I know that you could get deferments for school or conscious objector, um, not everyone really had the availability availability to do that. Yeah, well, I see what you're saying, but I actually, like, disagree with that. I feel like the draft was necessary um, to, like, get people to fight because um, at that time, like, we needed more people to fight for our country, and I kind of see it as something that was, like, patriotic, like, serving for their country. I get that, but not everyone wants to risk their life in a foreign country. It should be their choice to whether they want to fight or not, it shouldn't just be decided, like, you have to go fight because your birthday landed on this day. <laughs> okay, so about, like, the, the lottery and things, I feel like that was a fair way to do it, though, because it's kind of, like, by chance. Not by chance, it was, like, by luck. Mm-hmm. So, like, and it was a fair way to do it instead of just, like, saying, oh, you were, like, you have to do this because of that. Mm-hmm. Despite our disagreement on the fairness of the draft, I do believe that anyone who went to go fight in Vietnam truly is brave and risking their life. So yeah, what I think was like courageous and amazing for a country. Yeah, so I think despite America's like outlook on that, like once they returned home, mm-hmm. they were kind of shunned and cast away from society because people felt that they were in the wrong when getting sent there in the first place wasn't even necessarily their choice. But I do think that anyone who went truly is a risk taker since they were putting their life on the line to fight for their country. So that about concludes our episode for today. Um, as you can see, the risk takers that we've talked about have really paved the way for like change in society. 
and all, this, all the societal changes have been sparked due to these rebels. Yeah, I think that anyone who is courageous or brave enough to risk anything by putting their life, their career, their reputation on the line, they're really the only ones who can change society. And, and we'll that's, s- that's it for today. <laughs> we'll see you next, we'll see time, you next on time on the KT Squared Podcast. Bye. Bye.